TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casino. Nothing else comes close. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Sabres Live here on WGR 550 Radio Only today, not on MSG. And uh, again, it's going to be me, myself, and my friends today as uh, Brian Duff is uh, under the weather. And uh, Duffer, we hope you feel better. Uh, we miss you yesterday. We miss you last night. want to say thank you to Howard Simon who filled in and did a great job. Uh, remind me of uh, you know the early days of fan TV and everything, which uh, was a lot of fun with Howard. Um, we even did Howard picks the Sabres instead of Howard picks the Bills. And I made a fantastic prediction early in the game. Well, in the pregame, I said Peyton Krebs was going to get his first goal of the season, which he did. I wish I would have predicted that the Sabres were going to win uh, because that may have come through. It did not happen. So, um, yeah, this is a... Uh, Rainy morning here in Western New York, and uh, the rain is stretching as far from Chicago to New York City and almost as far down south as Raleigh, North Carolina. And this is where the Sabres are right now, getting ready for their game tomorrow against the Carolina Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, our first friend today uh, is uh, Jordan LaBarber from Sabres.com, and he is in Raleigh, North Carolina right now. The team flew from St. Louis to uh you know, to rally, they got in a little late, but he uh, he's up and uh, ready to go and talk about last night's game. So, uh, Jordan, thanks again. You did a fantastic job yesterday. So we decided to give you another shot at it today and hope you're about as good as you were yesterday. But uh, what did you think of the game last night? A 6-4 loss to the St. Louis Blues that did not feel like a 6-4 loss. Like, it felt like a lot closer and that the Sabres deserved better. So... Uh, your general sense of the way the game went yesterday. It's it's a hard one to dissect, isn't it? Because you look at a season-high 46 shots and only 20 against, and you think, man, they're going to win that one more often than not. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we know we know what the expectations are internally as much as externally. So you go in the locker room after and nobody's, nobody's happy that – they got 46 shots. You know, it was definitely a disappointing, a disappointed room. Um, but however, you saw some of the the hallmarks of the identity they're trying to get to, yes. the identity they had last year. And I think you heard that a little bit too. Uh, I think Casey Middlestad said even some of the chances against came at the end of long shifts in the offensive zone where you just, you're not able to bury. And then they're able to find because you're being aggressive, they're able to come back the other way and get a chance. Um, but within that, you, you, you're, you know, all year you heard Kyle Pozo said it many times, you know, we've kind of forgotten we're a good team at times. We're the yeah. team that can set the tone. We're the team that can, can dictate the pace of play. Um, and I think you saw that pretty consistently throughout the game. 
last night. So uh, in that sense, it's a good thing. You even saw it early in the game. It was 3-0 St. Louis. It did not feel like a 3-0 game, right? Um, I mean, Sabres fall to 10-11 and 2 now, one game under 500 in a very jam-packed Eastern Conference race to the wild card. Uh, There was plenty of action in the NHL last night, 14 games, and a lot of teams that the Sabres are fighting against. Uh, The New Jersey Devils, the Washington Capitals uh, were winners. Uh, You know, the Tampa Bay Lightning lost, but... Uh, obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs won in a shootout. So we'll talk about that later in the show. Shana Goldman is going to join us at 1225 today. And uh, we'll do a little bit of Sabres talk with her and around the league talks with Shana. She's always good on all topics. Uh, but you talk about, you know, the Sabres finding their identity. Rasmus Dahlin said something after the game where he said, well, he said, personally, maybe for me, I hung in the offensive zone a little too long. I took chances in the offensive zone a little too much. I think it's because it was 3 nothing at one point, and then they started playing that way. Um, the Sabres had some good chances, but three of the four, I think it was five shots, went into the net because there were glorious, glorious chances given by the Sabres to the St. Louis Blues. Um, how did you see this game turn and when when it became 3-3 in the second period did you think oh they've got this in the bag like they are rolling and they'll be able to put that game away that's the feeling we had in studio when we were watching it yeah I honestly did I I thought they were positioned even before it was 3-3 it just kind of seemed like and you know I I was on yesterday and I talked about how the Blues hadn't lost all year when they scored first and yeah but it just seemed like it was going to be one of those nights. I mean, you had even when beyond the three goals they had at that point, they had so many chances. Zach Benson, I think his his goal came on his fourth shot, but he had a few chances right in front. Alex Tuck worked his way to the slot for for a good chance, which he's he's buried the last you know few games prior. Um, so there have been so many chances that it seemed to be going that way. But when you end up with a few chances against, that's that's kind of the you know, the ongoing process here, uh, even coming out of last year when you were one of the highest scoring teams in the league and you're trying to find that equilibrium between the aggression and the defensive responsibility. And, you know, sometimes it's gone in the other direction this year where you're more sound defensively, but at the expense of some of the offense. And then yesterday, maybe it went a little bit back to towards last year. So that's kind of the ongoing process, I think. I think you're right on that one. I felt like this was watching last year's team. And we were so excited about the way this team performed last year, the offense that it provided. And let's remember, they still don't have H. Thompson. There's no Jack Quinn right now. Um, so the offense has got to come up from, from other players. You talk about Zach Benson. I thought he was fantastic. Had some really, really good looks. One pass from J.J. Paterka after Dylan Cousins was able to get a turnover in the offensive zone. It went bang, bang right to the front of the net. Jordan Bington made a nice save on that play. Uh, Cousins himself had a wide open net after a Paterka partial breakaway at 3-3. Like this could have made the, the game 4-3. Casey Middlestad had a wide open net after Nick Letty just slowed down the puck just enough for Middlestad to heal it instead of getting right on the blade and put it into an empty net. So it did feel more like last year's identity, but you just gave up too many goals again. And we saw that last year as well. Um, 
unfortunately, Lukanen is the one that is going to feel it the most. Six goals on 20 shots. The numbers are going to take a dive when it comes to goals against average and save percentage. Goal save above expectations. All of that uh, that is going to reflect badly on Lukanen. But how did you see Ukopeka Lukanen's game in in the overall of his performance, despite the fact that the numbers don't reflect, uh, you know, a good outing. Well, it's interesting because a few, a few of those shots, I think Don Grano said, you know, maybe not the first one back, but um, there was definitely some backdoor plays, which you know that's yeah. tough for a goaltender to make, and even the ones off the faceoff, those are kind of unique, the quick shots, and maybe there were some bodies in front. So I think the way he, with the way he's been playing, it, it's it's interesting or exciting to see the, the the bigger picture and to see how he responds you know and and hopefully keeps the cons- consistency going as he gets into a rhythm so at the end of the day the uh great a scoring chances in the game were seven to six for the sabers sabers scored on two of their grade a chances there was the krebs goal and there was the paterka goal when they pulled the goalie at six three uh at the end of the game to make it six four um, the St. Louis Blues had six grade eight chances. They scored on four of them. And really, when you look at it, it's really five grade eight chances because the Jake Neighbors goal that made it, um, I believe that made it three nothing. He gets a deflection and his own rebound. Those were two grade eight chances. Well, let's combine it into one because it resulted in a goal. St. Louis scored on four of five grade eight chances in the game when Buffalo scored on two and seven. Is that just the way the game went like those numbers accurately portrayed the way the game was is St. Louis got a few great a chances they got wide open looks and the Sabres weren't able to convert on theirs yeah I think it's a, that's it I mean they're opportunistic and yes. you can kind of look back at the New York game which you know the result becomes the narrative like the, the Sabres played a great game in New York but there were a few chances that the Rangers weren't opportunistic on Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Uko Pekalukan makes the paddle save in that game. And it, it it's, I, guess, I mean, I guess it's kind of simple to say, but that's hockey, right? <laughs> yeah. Or there's a goal that gets waved off on a hand pass that we didn't think it was a hand pass, but really like that's a bounce the Sabres got against the Rangers. They yep. didn't really get those against the St. Louis Blues. Um, You and I were talking about Rasmus Dahlin before coming on the air. Uh, there was a scary incident where Tori Krug took Dalene into the corner on the power play when Dalene was trying to rush the puck off the ice. I thought it was a penalty and interference call. Like he held on to him and then dumped him in the corner. It was very scary because Dalene stayed down. And the way that his right foot went into the boards could have gone a really, really bad way. If his ankle turns right, um, it's probably a bad bad look for Rasmus Dalin for his ankle for his leg luckily it stayed and Dalin had a monster of a game like you're talking about his stat line was intriguing but uh you maybe bring up the numbers and and what you saw in location on Dalin oh yeah north of 28 minutes uh obviously had the goal and the assist but six shots 10 shot attempts and it just is one another one of those games where you look at it and he's one of those defensemen who can kind of dictate the play dictate the pace he's especially as they were pushing to come back and he was a little hard on himself after the game saying you know maybe i don't have to try to force things every you know create a play every shift but um they were trying to come back and you know he's he's a driver in that way and yeah thank thank goodness that that, that wasn't an injury because he's obviously a vital 
title piece. Yeah, he's a huge piece. And and when you see him going the way that he was going in, in the game, uh, you know, I, I yeah, we talked all about a lot about Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes and Adam Fox, and rightfully so, those are fantastic defensemen. But but Dallin deserves to be talked about in the same respect as those three, four, five top end defensemen in the NHL because he can change a game, he can make things happen. The one timer from the blue line, it's three nothing. Sabers are playing decent, but they're still down three nothing. He takes a one timer, finds the back of the net, and that changed the the view of the game you're like okay you're only down two now you got to win the second period and maybe win the third and you can get yourself a point maybe get an extra point in overtime um that was again um you know a a huge performance from Darlene. now we did see the sabers go back to 12 forwards and six defensemen in new york they had played with 11 and 7 uh where do you think they go in carolina tomorrow night as they uh are going to play against the Carolina Hurricanes on the road in Raleigh. It is at 7 p.m., 6.30 pregame on MSG. But where do you think they go with their group? Is it 12-4-6 defense again? Are you bringing in Connor Clifton? Are you bringing in Brendan Byro? I'm, they practice later today, so maybe we'll get a better sense. But where do you think they go here for the weekend? Well, I think Don uh, Grado was asked the other day, you know, whether with the amount of forwards you have now, um, after Devin Levi was sent out, you've got a, a larger stable of forwards, whether it's safe to say they go back to 12 and six on a more regular basis. And he, he kind of smirked and said, probably. So I think that suggests, especially having gone to that yesterday, that that might be um, yes. what, what happens going forward. And, and then it becomes um, because they do, you know, the team feels strongly about it's, it's, you know, the defensemen who have been playing and, it becomes a matter of whether you continue a rotation, um, who's a part of that rotation. You know, Henry Yokoharu has has sat a game, and now Connor Clifton, and um, I, I I would expect that that to be the case. Maybe they just rotate in and out until the roster deems it otherwise. So Duffer had a great set the other day where Ryan Johnson had not been on the ice for any five-on-five goals against so far this season. In all the minutes he had played, not one five-on-five goals against. Unfortunately, that uh, that streak ended yesterday. It's not all on Ryan Johnson, um, but you know that that third pairing of Johnson and Johnson uh, was on the ice for a few goals against and. And maybe there's a change there. I think Ryan Johnson's going to have a, a a great future with the Buffalo Sabres. I think he's going to be even a top four defenseman regularly um, as soon as, you know, the opportunity presents itself. But you're also going to have some days where it's not going to go well. Uh, going into this back-to-back now, you know, there's the forward group. You can make some changes. There's the D group. You can make some changes. There's also the goalies that you can make some changes. Granado talked about, Comrie and UPL most likely splitting the weekend. I'm yeah. terrible at picking which goalie is going to go in, other than the fact that I was right on Lukanen yesterday. But I think the whole world was right on Lukanen yesterday after the performance in New York. Where do they go this weekend? Who's playing tomorrow in Carolina? And like your guess, I know we'll find out probably later because we'll see how practice is. But your guess, you're around. I, uh-huh. I made a good prediction yesterday with Krebs. Sometimes you get lucky. Maybe you'll get lucky here. Who gets uh, the start tomorrow and who gets the start on Sunday? Man, it is a guess uh, because they're both <laughs> playing and it's 50-50. But I'll, I, I'll say Luke it in tomorrow, okay. uh, tomorrow, Sunday. 
Um, no other reason just than the fact that uh, it's it's he's had a couple of games in a row and it's his first chance to get into into that little bit of a rhythm. Um, but it'd also be an opportunity to get probably his first start in a bit. So, but either way, they're both playing on the weekend. It would take extreme circumstances for. It's got to be funny how that conversation goes because last night I thought, okay, give Lukanen a breather and play him at home uh, against Nashville on Sunday, right? Get Murray the game in Carolina, uh, and let's let's make it work that way. And now I'm thinking, well, you're right, Jordan. Uh, maybe giving Lukanen a third start in a row. Uh, getting them on a roll a little bit and letting them know that, hey, that wasn't on you last night. Like you gave up six, you only saw 20 shots, but that wasn't on you. You're going back against the Carolina Hurricanes. Maybe that's the way to go. I think this is where this is so interesting sometimes when you don't have a defined number one goaltender, how you rotate them. I mean, if you had, you know, Vasilevsky and Jonas Johansson, you kind of can set the map and you know when the games are going to be played, but you don't have that here in Buffalo just yet. So I think it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, anything left on the, uh, on the cutting floor from last night that, uh, um, you had in your notes, something. You know uh, there no, there was one moment I'm wondering if you noticed Zach Benson, it might've been the second period. He gets the puck behind the net. And I, I, I have no idea if this is what he was trying. But he's you just see the gears working a little bit. There's a but there's a defender on each post. He's holding hold. And I'm wondering, is he thinking Michigan. about the Michigan? Yes, you know I remember part? exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh I I noticed that I thought that was funny and it kind of shows where his head's at just like a super, super confident kid. Yeah, no, I remember seeing the same thing and I'm thinking, could he have like corralled it? Because he almost looked like he wanted to put a stick over the puck and get the Michigan going to his right side and he didn't do it. Um, but he's an extremely like confident kid. You saw his first NHL goal. He puts it between his leg and he goes right over the top, right on, uh, on, on Darcy Kemper. And, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, what confidence to do it in that moment. I think we may see a Michigan from Zach Benson at some point, at least an attempt to a Michigan yeah. because he plays with that much confidence. And that night, that night, actually, he said, they asked, you know, asked about, you, you try the between the legs and go, so I have working in practice every day, that and the Michigan and those kinds of things. So it's definitely in the back of his mind. Um, and to your point about the confidence, he's, he's going to the net as much as anybody. It seems like he's, you just seeing him there battling bigger guys. And it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, his goal was one of those uh, maybe crazy plays when you think about it. Like he, he, Dylan Cousins wins a draw going the wrong direction. As a right-handed centerman, you think he's going to go draw it back to the right. No, he draws it back to the left between his leg. And Benson does the spinorama and kind of catches Justin Falk, the defenseman, and Jordan Bennington, the goalie by surprise. Uh, quick word on Bennington. We touched on him in the pregame yesterday. He's got zero penalty minutes yet this year. He had 29 last year, led the league when it comes to goaltenders, seems to be more focused on playing goal. Um, I thought he gave up some leaky one in the game. You know, five old, the Benson one, Paterka one at the end was a leaky one. Uh, Krebs was a leaky one, but he did make a few big saves. And especially when it was tight. Um, what did you think of of his work, uh, Jordan Bennington, and, and how the St. Louis Blues were as a team? Yeah, I thought the same thing. He, I mean, I can't remember who took it. He had a, a big blocker save that kind of came across his body early on. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think there were chances, before, like I said, before it even 
became three nothing that that game could it could have been tighter and like you said Bennington let in some that maybe he'd regret but he stopped some that maybe the defense would regret so it's, it's kind of one of the one of those games yeah it, it definitely was one of those games and unfortunately the Sabres now are down one game below 500 at 10 11 and 2 they do have a huge weekend a couple of wins you're back on the plus side you go 500 over the weekend you're still middling at 500 you definitely don't want to go back to back losses so tomorrow's night's game against the Carolina Hurricane is going to be huge a place in Carolina where Sabres haven't had a lot of success and Carolina seems to be rolling now as a team uh, and uh, it is going to be a challenge. Jordan, enjoy your uh, your day in Raleigh. I hope it's not as rainy and wet as it is here in Western New York, so you can maybe walk around down in North Carolina, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point in the next uh, few days, and next week maybe we'll have you again on the show. Um, we appreciate taking the time yesterday and today, and uh, enjoy your time down there. All right, no rain here yet, Marty. Thank you. Okay, that's Jordan LaBarber from Sabres.com. You can read his work. Uh, he writes stories for Sabres.com. That is his Twitter bio. Um, and he, uh, you know, dresses well. So sometimes you see all the scrums, you know, the media scrums, and Jordan stands to the side. Um, he's uh, been known to sport the turtleneck, the, the velour jacket, um, you know, so you'll know exactly which one he is. Uh, we are going to take an early break today because Shana Goldman will join us here when we come back. But before we do, I want to remember everybody, uh, remind everybody to join us on December 5th for Native American Heritage Night when we take on the Detroit Red Wings. There will be fun ways to honor and celebrate Indigenous culture and history throughout the game. So get your tickets at sabers.com slash tickets. Not only will it be a, a great night to honor uh, Native American Heritage Night, but it could be the first game back from Pat, for Patrick Kane, who signed with the Detroit Red Wings. He's not going to play this weekend, apparently, and may make his, his season debut Tuesday night here when the Detroit Red Wings are visiting the Sabres in Buffalo. So um, could be an exciting night for all to, uh, to see Patrick Kane in the Red Wings uniform, but hopefully to see the Sabres come out victorious, but they do have a couple of games before that and they need to string some wins together. Uh, when we come back, Shayna Goldman from The Athletic is going to come in. We'll do a uh, kind of a tour from around the NHL. We saw a goalie goal last year, uh, last night. We saw a lot of other things that uh, 14 games, there was a lot of hockey. So we will take a short break here on Sabres Live. We'll be right back with Shayna Goldman on WGR 550 radio only today. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 